Wow, Taylor Swift makes an appearance. Sports 1440. Got to be happy about that, Donnie P. Very excited about that. Uh, tons of texts coming in about uh, our little question that we had in inner out uh, with Taylor Swift being, um, I guess, nothing like we've seen since the Beatles was the question. And uh, boy, Taylor runs the world from Darren B. Triple C in a truck says Michael Jackson. Uh, Rod says the Stones should have won best album, not even nominated. Northside Lou, not even, he says, zero chance. Whitney was bigger, Duke. Zero chance. Uh, Whitney Houston couldn't sell a venue seven times in a row. Uh, sell out a venue. That comes from Brent. Marty, ooh, it's always pop music that gets too much love. Pop music has become garbage. Look at that. Uh, Led Zeppelin for sure from Husks. Different world for Taylor Swift these days with social media, writes Doug. Beatles, Elvis, Beach Boys, etc. No social media back then. Uh, B says you need to consider the audience that she caters to. It's not exactly a broad range like the Beatles, Elvis Presley, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Prince, etc. Um, BB goes, might have been the MTV Awards, but uh, oh, the, uh, the world came to an end, Duke. When uh, MJ did the moonwalk live on TV at the Grammys. Do you remember that, Duke? Well, not live per se, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm familiar with the clip, the, you know, yeah. the video. Um, MJ, man, that guy could dance. Oh, IMAX says, I can't believe you didn't think of Madonna. Very true. And we did say it at the end, but that one totally slipped my mind. Changed a generation without social media. Gary goes, Garth Brooks. There's another one we never really talked about. Garth Brooks. Uh, Brian S. goes, I love Swift. She's beautiful, Angel. Her music isn't my favorite, but I'm old. Or uh, It's really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Garth Brooks is another one, eh, Duke? We never really talked about him. Yeah, Garth Garth kind of branched, obviously, from the, the country music into the world of pop and then kind yeah. of put country music on the world stage in the honky-tonk scene in the 90s, uh, blew up, and there was a lot of pop country crossover and stuff which i think was good for the genre uh but like i and i get it it's different because of today's day and age with the social media yeah. and like you can see her in everything she does and the the marketing is so much more prominent now but yeah you I, know I, it's crazy the garth when he the banner at, at rogers a lot of people have a big <laughs> problem with that I remember when Bobby Nix gave him the banner on the stage. Yeah. And uh, so Bob, Bob Nicholson's standing on the stage with Garth and he's get this banner and everyone's going, you got to be, you're going to put that up there with 99 and 11 and all the greats that are in, <laughs> have their banners at Rogers Place and there's Garth Brooks. Was it nine or eight concerts? I can't remember. Nine sold out shows or eight? It was eight sold out shows. Yeah. One of them I was at. Who you went? Oh, really? Oh, to that, that round, yeah, I was there at Rogers with the... Uh, good buddy of mine yeah. and we had a terrific we went to the afternoon show like the the matinee on the right. saturday or whatever it was in the second weekend i think so it it was it was really something i mean i'd never seen garth live and that was still i mean that's like 10 years ago now almost or pretty close i think um what was it yeah we'd have to find that because when was <laughs> when was garth at rogers place um acdc MMH says that that's another one that's in there. Like, I think you were kind of looking at individual singers, probably. Well, instead like, of I, I get what all these people are talking about, like these iconic bands, and they still sell out when they go on tour. But rock music is 
more of a niche mm-hmm. than pop music is. And somebody texted in saying they don't think her her music appeals to a very wide audience. I strongly disagree. Taylor Swift, there's grown men that like listening to it, six year, seven year old girls, and every literally everything in between. There are Taylor Swift fans, uh, and you can probably say the same for. Uh, all these other artists that everyone's mentioning from Madonna to ACDC to Zeppelin, whatever. But her, she is the most like powerful person on the planet right now, basically. Like what she says goes. Yeah, no, I'm. And her, her fan base is like, they're basically like a militant group. If you say something bad about her online, they come after <laughs> you in droves and want to burn you at the stake for ever tarnishing the name of great Taylor Swift. It's incredible. And now the fact that she has jumped over to the sports side too, it just makes it even yeah. more more surprising. I can honestly say I've never listened to one of her songs except for that one. It's the Shake It Up or what's Shake it called? Shake It Off. Shake It Off. And the only reason I listened to it was it was in uh, the TV show Ballers. Oh yeah, uh, what's uh, uh, the Rock is sitting yeah. in the he's sitting in the in his SUV and he's popping about eight thousand pills for the painkillers <laughs> and that song is on there and he's kind of dancing to it. And the, didn't you didn't you just hear one in the intro though? I just did, but I didn't know. I had to. Oh, I yeah. had to ask Donnie P if that yeah. was okay. Yeah. Another uh, Ivan says Kiss uh, solo albums, comic books, movies, cartoons, action figures, and one of the most popular Halloween costumes. They did it all. I saw Kiss. I told you in 1981 at uh, the Regina Agrodome. <laughs> I'll tell you the story after the break because I can't say it, what happened on the air. Um, <laughs> BB goes. She's like Oprah. Uh, Queen at Wembley Stadium. There's another one, and that yeah. was back. Uh, and that was uh, the Live Aid, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, and that's the, not the same. But just yeah. reminding, there's that new doc out on Netflix right now about the We Are the World thing, where all the artists came together too. It's kind of similar sentiment, I guess, uh, about you know unifying for a bigger cause and all that stuff. Well, and, and you see it at every game now, right? They've got uh, Freddie Mercury. Well, oh, yeah. Hunt, the, Hunter, the, the, Hunters. The call, the, the yeah. call, call and response yeah. Um, yeah. types version of the the song there. So that's very cool. Yeah. None of it compares to at the start of the pandemic, though, when all the uh, artists got together on a Zoom call to sing Imagine by John Lennon. <laughs> they, and <laughs> thinking, it's like, oh, this will get us through the, the two weeks that we're going to be locked down here. Well, hmm. hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, your buddy Nails is texting, and what's that? What about the Hoff? Maybe is he saying Hasselhoff? Oh boy, I hope uh, he is. A pretty, a pretty brief career in music, I would say. He's not uh, talking. Your buddy Nails—that's your cousin. My dad's cousin. Your dad's yeah. cousin. Well, I mean, hey, the timeline fits. Uh, the peak of Baywatch, like Hasselhoff, was a global phenomenon for sure. Dirty Dangler says Swift hasn't played to two million people like Metallica did in Russia in 1991. Well, keep in mind the current global landscape, and you might understand why Taylor Swift wouldn't be going to Russia to play a concert no. right now at the peak of her powers. But I guess, I mean, hey, at the same time, Metallica in 1991, was that what, did they go right after the wall fell? Or I what? can't remember. Uh, Strud's just texted in, no, Gary, uh, ABBA. <laughs> did you know that Strud's is... That's uh, Strud's burner. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Did you know that Strudz is knitting now? Like he's oh, t- he talked yeah. about it all day on yeah. Thursday and Friday, and it's that's his new hobby. So he's knitting a scarf, is what he told me. So how long is it going to take for him to finish this thing? Years, I would guess. He's a very busy guy. Yeah, but doing the show with Shogger and being a dad and like full time dad and filling in for Gregor when he's down in Arizona taking in rock concerts and yeah. What concert did Gregor go to? Post Malone. What's that? Was it a- Post Malone's a rapper? Oh, okay. But a, like a very, 
what would you call it, Donovan? A genre uh, bending, genre jumping type artist. He like he's done like duets with uh, country artists and stuff. He's sang yeah. some Brad Paisley songs oh. uh, acoustically and stuff too. Cause he's from Texas. So he's like a big that way, but uh, yeah, but he is like a hip hop artist. Yeah. Apparently, Gregory, according to Gregor's Twitter, it was lights out good. So well, I mean, could you imagine Gregor at one of these con- like I mean, oh yeah, rocking like I don't pumping, nah, right no. in the front, like in, he's, in the he's pit. got like he's got the horns out and yeah, everything in, yeah. in the mosh pit, yeah. shoving people I could around. Just see that. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, hook up with uh, Soren Petro from the program. Uh, 810 WHB in Kansas City. We'll talk about Super Bowl week in Vegas with the, the Chiefs getting ready to, to roll against San Francisco. That's coming up uh, right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now to elevate your game. Brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Unlock the potential of uh, your home with a home elevator or lift. You can learn more at TrustRam.com as we welcome in Soren Petro from the program, 810WHB in Kansas City. Good morning, Petro. Welcome to Sports 1440. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm trying to figure out, is the song, is there, is there a meeting there? Am I the friend in the low place? Is that where, uh, you know, it fits there? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you do a lot of radio shows across the country and stuff, and maybe you have a certain um, intro song or whatever, but uh, are you happy with that? We were we were actually talking about Garth Brooks, how he uh, sold out nine shows in a row here in Edmonton yeah. sh- several years ago. So, Well, you know, that's funny you mentioned that because uh, when they opened, it used to call the Sprint Center, now it's T-Mobile, the, which was new in 2006. He was the first guy, and he mm. sold out like eight or nine shows wow. uh, there. So that's how they opened that, uh, the you know, our, our current arena as well. So we got a little kinship between the two towns. Uh, have you ever seen Garth Brooks live? I have not. I have not. I was not uh, one of the ones in attendance for that show. Oh, too bad. Uh, our producer, the Duke, has seen him. Talked about it a little earlier in the show, so uh, pretty neat. But I'm sure you're uh, just up uh, to your uh, armpits uh, with the stuff going on with the Super Bowl, getting things ready with the week uh, that was off, and now getting ready with Super Bowl week upon us. Just your overall thoughts and on what we uh, are going to be expecting this week heading into the big game on Sunday. Yeah, I was actually uh, packing my suitcase to uh, head out tomorrow to uh, Las Vegas. So it's, you know, I guess fortunately, my family might say unfortunately, but fortunately it's becoming a regularity here. And I think that's one of the things we've been talking about. This one uh, was one that, that, frankly, the reason I'm going on Tuesday is because when we booked before, we really didn't think this team was going to be there. We thought it would just be instead of going with the the whole big crew, like when our team makes it, it was just going to be me and one other guy because we thought this would be just covering the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was somebody else. So. You know, the way they played on Christmas Day against the Raiders, uh, just a, a horrible game, and we joked around about how the Chiefs ruined Christmas uh, for everybody. This team looked like it had you know too many problems. I said they're mm-hmm. good enough to beat any team playing in the NFL in one game, but they're definitely not good enough to win four in a row uh, against playoff caliber opponents. Now they've won three in a row. Maybe I'll end up being right about that. I hope not, but uh, they really got their act together after that game, and I think that was the real wake-up call. So, you know, the biggest thing that's kind of different about this year is, one, there's a real sense of accomplishment. It, there, there was no sense of entitlement uh, with this team because of the way they played this year. Uh, but it also makes it somewhat more exciting because uh, people weren't necessarily expecting to be back in the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Soren Petro from the program, our guest on Sports 1440. So did this one, covering this one going into it, does it feel a lot different for you than years past then? 
Uh, you know, now that we're here, no. Uh, you know, I, I would say, it, you know, we, we're pretty familiar with the timeline, the plane lands, and, you know, tonight's the big uh, circus media session, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning they're available, 8 a.m., um, you know, clear across town, of course, from where we're staying. But uh, so we, we're, we're ready to go into that mode. I mean, it's the fourth time in five years. So we, we've got it down pretty good, uh, except for the pandemic Super Bowl in 20, which was, which was different. We only had a couple of people at, the, at that one. But, you know, it, it, it now starts to feel you know, like a regular occurrence. And, you know, I think that's the question for the team. Is, is that where they are? Are they a team that, you know, now knows what they're doing and has been through it? Just everybody, almost everybody on this team was in this position last year. Does that experience help? Now the 49ers have a number of guys that were part of that team in 2019 that the Chiefs beat. And so they've got some experience and certainly a playoff experience. But uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, I mean, they, they know exactly how this works. And, and hopefully that's going to give them an advantage on Sunday. So, Soren, do you think that the Chiefs are kind of peaking at the perfect time here going into this one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they really – I think the way this season – I've described it this way, that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy uh, on the offensive side, the defense has really clicked from the get-go. That's a testament to Steve Spagnuolo, who's somehow, you know, playing for his fifth uh, – or I guess maybe fourth championship as a uh, coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator for the 2007 Giants that knocked off the undefeated Patriots. Somehow he remains underrated as a defensive coordinator. He has been nails all year long, and they hit the ground running. Brett Beach did a fantastic job with three free agents and some more good uh, defensive draft picks, but Mike Edwards, Charles Amena, who, uh, who unfortunately will be out for the Super Bowl, uh, getting those two guys uh, added to the mix, and Drew Tranquil as free agents really finished off this defense and gave them great depth. They've been very good all along, but Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, and the offense, it's like for three quarters of the year, going all the way up to that Raiders game, they were coaching to be the team they wanted to be and not the team that they were. And after the debacle against the Raiders, they came out the next week against the Bengals. They simplified things. They made the verbiage shorter. They got in and out of the huddle quicker, got to the line of scrimmage faster, let their young receivers get a look at the defense and, and you know everybody to get on the same page. And they started calling quicker hitting plays that didn't require their tackles, who had uh, piled up a ton of penalties uh, throughout the course of the season, not make them uh, have to protect as long and they started coaching to the team that they are. And I think that was really the turnaround. Defensively, they've been great. Uh, offensively, once they could start staying on the field longer, they gave the defense a little rest. They weren't worn out. They weren't on the field all day. And the defense got even better. I don't think anything they were doing was better. Just the offense started playing its role, and they played a complementary style of football. And that benefited not just the offense, but, but also the defense. They, they accept that, hey, Harrison Buckner's automatic as a field goal kicker. And when we got three in our pocket, we get inside really 60 yards and he's almost automatic uh let's take those three make sure we've got him if we can get more great if not it's okay to just score three points because our defense isn't giving up much and since they changed that mindset they quit turning the football over they quit piling up penalties and they've been a much better team yeah absolutely they're peaking right now soren petro from the program our guest on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 would you say that there's you know when, when you're looking at patrick mahomes and uh, what he's accomplished so far in just a you know a short time in a young career, he's it almost seemed to me like he's even maturing a little bit more as a quarterback and as a leader. Uh, do you see that as well? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and I think you know he is a guy that has a voracious appetite to learn, and so I think the maturation process will continue for as long as he plays his game, and frankly, will probably continue into his life. You know, he's already you know an owner, you know, a, a small owner in the Kansas City Royals, uh, sporting Kansas City and the Kansas City Current. Uh, you know, the two soccer teams, the men's and women's soccer team, and the, and the baseball team, and you know, is now uh, an owner in uh, um, it, was, it was formerly called Alpine. I'm not sure what they're changing the name to this year, but he's a minority owner in an F1 team as well, so he's a guy that has an appetite and is always looking to get better, and that certainly starts with his main job of being a quarterback, and I think the thing that he's done different this year, in years past, you know, the defense wasn't as good. It's been getting better uh, over, over the last few years. But, you know, when he first got control of the team in 2018, they had no defense. And he had to try to score a touchdown every single time he had the football. And that was fine because that fit with his mindset. It's something he tries to do on almost every snap of the uh, of the game is, is to try to stretch the field, go long, get as big a play as he can get. So that worked well. Defenses have evolved. They've caught up to the offensive, uh, you know, teams in, in, the, in the league. And the Chiefs are no different. Defense have made great strides to catch up to him. And now, especially with this team, he's had to be a game manager. And I use that term, and most people, certainly most quarterbacks, take it as a negative, but I, I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. You, To be a great quarterback, you have to be a game manager. You then have to be a playmaker to be a great quarterback. But you have to be a game manager. Nobody can go out and not manage the game and be successful as a quarterback. So he's always done that to a degree, but I think you really saw it in the game against the Ravens. You know, early in the game, he knew he couldn't give up negative plays. And so instead of taking a sack, he'd throw the football away all the time and come back and live to fight on another down. Late in the game, they needed the clock to tick. So not just was he throwing the ball away, he was holding the football and taking sacks. He hadn't taken a sack in like two years, and he did it because in the postseason, and he did it because he needed the clock to run. He could have thrown the football away. He didn't. He held the ball, took the sack, and kept the clock running. It was the ultimate show of game management. He knew in the second half they didn't need points. They just needed to get out of the game. And even though they didn't score in the second half, he did a brilliant job of managing the game and managing the offense. So, yeah, I think your point is right on. And he has really added that as not just a good game manager, but a great game manager. Uh, And and that makes him very difficult to beat. Soren Petro, our guest on Sports 1440. For whatever reason, Travis Kelsey in like weeks 15, 16, 17 was maybe just off a bit. Uh, Numbers were down, but since the playoffs have started, he's really picked up his game. Is there a reason uh, that you could uh, kind of point towards that? Yeah, I mean, I think one, you know, he did hyperextend his knee right before the year and missed the uh, Lions game in the opener. So who knows how much he was banged up throughout the course of the year. And I think it was really taking that week 18 game, the, the 17th game, taking that off. You know, he was just 16 yards away from his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season. By the way, no other tight end has had more than three. Only one tight end has had three consecutive 1,000-yard uh, seasons besides Travis Kelsey. He was only 16 yards away from his eighth, and he said, no, nope, I'm going to sit. I, I need the break. And I think getting that week off really allowed him to get healthy, allowed him to be energized. And I think that is a big part of it. He said the same thing, that that was big. And, and I bring that up because it was, a, it was a selfless thing to do. He thought of the team and the bigger picture of winning a championship over what was you know, a chance to extend a great statistical milestone that he was piling up. But I think the other thing that goes in concert with that is the emergence of Rashi Rice, the uh, rookie wide receiver. He had the third most receiving yards of any receiver 
receiver in the last 20 years that was drafted in the second round this year. I mean, he really was a godsend and has been coming on in the second half. I think part of it was teams started saying, okay, you know what, Travis Kelsey's not the guy who's beating people. Rashi Rice is. And he's been taking up more attention. And his numbers have slowed because I think defenses are focusing in on him. But when you focus in on Rice, you give more gaps to Travis Kelsey to work in. And I think he's taking advantage of that. So I think it's it's been, one, a very selfless effort by Travis Kelsey, but also a team effort and the emergence of another weapon uh, for Patrick Mahomes to go to and for defenses to have to account for. Hey, Soren, what's impressed you the most about Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield this year? You know, I think his, you know, willingness to carry the load. You know, last year he was a rookie and, you know, he got beat up and, and had a couple of different surgeries, had shoulder surgery and wrist surgery at the end of the year. And you wondered, wow, he's going to be the guy going into the year. He really took over about halfway and he got that beat up. Can he handle the load all year? And the answer has been yes. Uh, he's done a fantastic job of being ready to go. He did miss, I think, one game uh, earlier this year. I think the Packer game he missed uh, with a concussion, but not because of the attrition. So I think the most impressive thing for him has been his ability to take the knowledge he got of how tough the NFL season is for running backs, prepare himself this year for that uh, pounding and be ready for it and be available virtually every week for this team. Uh, you know, he's, he's obviously a, a, a very fierce runner, runs with a lot of determination. He's extremely tough. He's, he's improved his pass receiving a little bit. I think that's part of his game. That could get better. He certainly improved his pass protection, and that's allowed him to stay on the field more, but really just his durability, because I think there were real question marks as to whether or not he could hold up uh, for an entire season, because he really only had to go about half the year last year. Soren Petro from the program, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. What kind of game plan do you think uh, Spagnola will draw up against uh, you know the likes of Christian McCaffrey if the Chiefs can hold this guy in check I mean that's got to be the biggest part of the game plan moving forward I think, first of all, it's always going to be a multiple game plan. I think that's one of the things about Steve Spagnuolo. It's a very big, deep, and this can be a, a problem at times, how many things he wants to throw at an offense. I think sometimes there can be some paralysis by analysis and putting too much in there. And last year was really a crash course in figuring out what's important. He had uh, five defensive backs that were all rookies. Four of them played a lot. And so he had to figure out what was really important for them to work with. And as the year wore on, he had added and he added and he built on it and he added more to it and they got better and better this year all those guys are in year two uh, added in some smart veterans I mentioned Mike Edwards Charles Amenahu Drew Tranquil uh, at linebacker those guys came in and they were able to pick up a lot of the defense but everybody is is really advanced in the defense so he's been able to incorporate everything and I think it speaks to you know the, the intelligence of the players they've they've picked that's a testament to Brett Veach um, it, it's a testament to Dave Merritt their defensive backs coach to help really get everybody up to speed. He will throw a lot at the San Francisco 49ers. So there will be numerous blitzes. There will be, you know, half the field, half zone, half man, different man coverages, different uh, zone coverages that are there. But I think at the essence, what they have the ability to do is with LeJarrius Seed and and Trent McDuffie, they have the best corner tandem in football. Uh, Trent McDuffie was all pro, and he's not even the guy that travels with the number one wide receiver. I mean, everybody in Kansas City thinks LeJarrius Sneed got needlessly overlooked. His numbers aren't quite as good, but that's because he always gets the number one wide out. I think the Chiefs have two corners that they can, if they want to, I think Spagnuolo will do this quite a bit, say your wide receivers are not going to be part of this play. We can put two guys on those two
those two guys and largely take out Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And if they can do that, that leaves nine guys to handle McCaffrey and Kittle and, and to coverage up the things that they do on the inside. So I, I think you know he just has a great secondary. I think that's the key. Yes, Chris Jones is maybe a guy that's you know punching his ticket towards the Hall of Fame, and he is great. And there were you know just a few sacks behind the Baltimore Ravens for the top spot this year. They can get pressure, but really where it all starts is that coverage, and they get a lot of coverage sacks. And I think Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs are, you know, very well equipped to match up with all the weapons that the Niners have. Maybe as well or better than anybody. They, they certainly like the Ravens have depth at safety, depth at corner, and can throw a lot of coverage guys at all those weapons. And uh, we'll see uh, if the 49ers have the answers to try to get those guys open. Uh, sure, and I would imagine that yeah, the Chiefs are all the talk and everything in Kansas City right now. But just recently announced that uh, your city will host some FIFA games for the World Cup. Is mm-hmm. that uh, on the radar a little bit, getting a little bit of, of play down there? Yeah, the, the I think actually the schedule is what it is. We know when and, and how many and, and those kind of things. It was a big deal. Um, God, has it been a year ago last summer or was it last summer? I can't remember mm-hmm. which it was when that got announced. And uh, that was a really big deal. Cliff Illig, uh, the, the, the billionaire owner of Sporting Kansas City, uh, has a real passion for Kansas City and has a passion uh, for soccer. And he worked tirelessly along with the Hunts, but really Cliff was the guy that spearheaded that charge to get us those games and you know he said all along it was it was really probably a decade in the making to try to get those games and everything that they did and the committee talked about how Kansas City really wasn't on the radar but they just did such a great job of blowing away the committee and showing the passion for soccer in this town to get those games here and yeah when that came out last night and we we found out you know just what games are going to be here we still don't know what teams and that was part of the conversation today on our station i was listening to our morning guys and uh one of our morning show hosts is is also uh one of the uh, play-by-play guys for the for the mls used to be the sporting play-by-play guy but nate bucati is now one of the apple play-by-play guys and so they were talking in depth and hoping for brazil hoping uh you know for for argentina or one of the big clubs that will bring a lot of fans here we're we're very excited for it there's been a lot of construction they're actually gonna have to renovate Arrowhead uh, building that we're already talking about renovating for the long term, but they're going to have to renovate it and take some seats out to make sure the field is big enough, but they're uh, they're excited for it. Built a new airport for it. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot that's gone into uh, that coming to town, and just to start seeing some dates and quantity of games and all those things is very exciting for the city. What time is your flight tomorrow to Vegas, Soren? 4.50. We'll be uh, taping a lot of the show okay. to, uh, to get out early and, uh, and get on the road uh, to get out there and cover the team. Well, I, I don't know if, how long the flight is, but uh, our Edmonton Oilers play in Vegas tomorrow night. You should maybe uh, see if you can get a ticket to that game. The Oilers are going for their 17th win in a row. So my boss has four tickets Ooh. to the uh, game, uh, and then he's kind of a, a big sightseer. We've got four tickets to the game on Tuesday. We've got tickets for U2 at the Sphere on oh. Wednesday. Uh, Vegas does not lack no. for entertainment options, and yes, your Edmonton Oilers are on the agenda. I might be late to the game. Yeah. I'm not sure how I'm going to get my ticket. Probably he'll send it to me on my phone. But, uh, yes, I will watch the Oilers in person tomorrow night in Vegas. Have you had that opportunity before, Soren? 
to see the Oilers? I, I, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm a Sharks fan yeah. uh, because the IHL affiliate for the for the Sharks was the Kansas City Blades originally, and I had a chance to get in on a team on the ground floor. So I have seen a number of uh, NHL games, usually the Sharks. I uh, saw them close out the Predators a number of years ago in the playoffs, but I have never seen – see, I've seen games of the Red Wings. I saw the, the uh, All-Star Weekend in Minneapolis a number of years ago, but I don't think – I've seen the Penguins play in Pittsburgh. I have not seen a game in Vegas, and I don't think I've ever seen the Oilers in person. Well, it's going to be a heck of a game tomorrow night. Obviously, that's the number one story for us here. But uh, really, sure. appreci- really appreciate your time. Uh, safe travels and enjoy Super Bowl week and then the big game on Sunday. Thanks, Orrin. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. That's Soren Petro from the program. 810 WHB in Kansas City. And, of course, the Chiefs will be trying to elevate their game. And that's what we just did. Elevated our game. Brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Manufacturing the safest elevators since 1987. Trust Ram.com. Boy, between All-Star in the NHL week and then now the week off with the NFL and it was a weird weekend with the Pebble Beach getting canceled for the, the round yesterday. And just to see what was on TV on the Sunday was a, a different feeling. Uh, no question about that. We're back to wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, all right. Welcome back to the big program. Uh, Playbook Vic just says best movies, best movie of all time. This is from obviously Top Gun. The opening sequence there right at the very beginning when they're getting things ready off the um, aircraft carrier and uh, planes are leaving. Man, if you fire, if you got a good surround sound, Duke, and you blast that, it is unreal. Like just the amount of uh, the sound. You know, it feels like you're right there. Did you see the new one, Maverick? I have, yeah. Like, did you go to see it in theaters no. or just watch it at No, home? no, just yeah. watch it at Apparently, like, in theaters, it was it yeah. unbelievable. I still haven't seen it yet, but no. it's, I see it's on... Um, I think it might be on Netflix now, actually, so might have to take that in one of these uh, yeah. nights. Just get to the replacements already. Just worry oh, about the replacements. I, I had it so high on my list, and then you come back and you're like, actually, it's not even that good of a movie, but you just have to see it. Um, uh, Brendan says, I was just uh, at the Jubilation Theater last night, and it was the, the Top Gun musical. I huh. did notice that on the way into the Drake on Saturday night. Yeah. I can't remember if it was Friday, too. But, uh, yeah, a lot of traffic on 87th Avenue there. Figured there's a show at the Jube. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's uh, I love going to shows at the Jube. Yeah. Brian S. says, no kidding, Kevin. No golf, football, hockey. I had to go to uh, my local pub just to talk to my old cronies who are hockey fans. Joe uh, Bonas says, you haven't seen Maverick? That's to you, Duke, I guess. Not uh, yet. Well... Duke will be um, working. He's working on it. I, there's uh, there's the movie theater right upstairs here. I've yet to go to a show since we started uh, <laughs> since we started things off here in September. Um, wanted to just relay this message from uh, the Flames, Calgary Flames alumni, a message about Lanny McDonald, and hopefully everything's uh, good with Lanny, one of the best guys in the sport. Um, Lanny sent this message out, uh, I believe, yesterday. It said, it's true that even old tough guys need some help sometimes. Today, I want to extend my overwhelming gratitude to many members of our community. After spending a weekend uh, wowed by hockey's best at the All-Star Game in Toronto, I had a cardiac event after arriving back in Calgary at the airport yesterday. Two selfless nurses who were passing by to catch their own flights immediately jumped into action 
In the rush of the moment, uh, Ardell, that's Lanny's wife, wasn't able to get their names, but we are ex- eternally grateful for their care and action. I owe them my life. So we're uh, just sending well wishes to Lanny McDonald. Uh, hopefully he's uh, back up to running up to top speed here. Again, one of the best guys you'll ever meet, uh, Lanny McDonald. So uh, wishing our, our best, sending our best to Lanny. Uh, Brett from Stony Plain, uh, Pink Floyd tribute band from England played at the Jubilee this last summer. Unbelievable sound in that. Uh, Playboy Vic, Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick in the Las Vegas Sphere. That'd be something. That'd be good there too. So, um, um, Soren said he's going to U2 in the Spear, so they're playing that's there. That's the big show this that's week. That's they're yeah. playing there Thursday on Thursday. Night, yeah, yeah, because Vegas goes out on the road after this game tomorrow. Yeah, I think they're in Arizona on Thursday. I would imagine that that would be you would want to get out of Dodge. Do you think? Well, think about and I once again maybe I get to this a little more uh, specifically tomorrow with Grant um, during in or out or something. But like that's the first year Vegas was in the league. The Vegas flu. I mean, yes. Vegas's record at home was impeccable it was terrific <laughs> a week like this guys if, if, if Golden Knights had like a game Monday Wednesday Friday this week do you think it'd be an easy chalked up three wins or what um I I mean I think I think that's changed I think now that that allure has sort of worn yeah, off they've, now they've been in enough that everybody's you know. uh, but think about it, there's new players on the team every year that haven't done it yet haven't haven't gone to Vegas and now that the they're making is, the big bucks in the NHL I mean, every town, every city you go to, there's you something can, to do. Something yeah. you can find trouble like, pretty much anywhere. Chicago is, I mean, amazing. When you go to Chicago, and all the players love going, you know, for shopping. Michigan Avenue is one of the best shopping places in the world. Obviously, New York is uh, very popular for a lot of the the teams. Nashville is another one. Uh, Patty and Spruce watched Matt, Maverick at the Landmark in St. Albert with the uh, layback coach chairs with my girl. It was excellent. Uh, John Gully says Top Gun is at Jubilations, not at the Jube. So Jubilations Dinner Theater, yes, not at the Jube. And that is, uh, looking back, that is what Brennan's text uh, yeah. said as well. So uh, uh, that place, I've never been actually to uh, the Jubilation the- Dinner Theater. No, I saw, I've seen a few shows in there. It's yeah. good, yeah. I mean, you have a nice little, little, uh, you know, meal and yeah. whatever. Where? It's not like a, I think it's a plate service. Sometimes they, they, when you go to some of them, they have the big buffet. Yeah. And the uh, buffet hunters are out. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you look at some of the plates and you're going, oh, no, come on, man. You can't. You, you got a heaping plate that is, they can barely, you need help carrying it back to the table. Yeah. Spillage, spillage risk on the walk back wow. to the table. I, I never understand, because you can always go back for another. So you, that, you know. that, like, why overload it? If, like, it's not like you got to walk a mile. Yeah. Back to, like, Just get a nice, uh, a normal? The, the first round of things that maybe you, like, you're like, I have to have this. This is my favorite or whatever. Then go back for a second course of maybe some things you'd like to try. Some new things. Well, or the other dishes. A perhaps. lot of guys go, and then they'll try to load it up, the load up the salad and the meal on the same Big plate. Big mistake. Yes. Huge. Go get your salad. Stop and then finish your salad and then go back to get the the main course. Yeah, I agree. You know, I I've I, I'm I'm trying to think of when buffets. I went to when I was in Vegas over New Year's a couple of weeks ago. the The hotel we were at it had like the buffet lunch, and it was like, yeah. um, was it like a dollar ninety nine? Well, I don't remember. No, <laughs> no, it was it was a pretty it was cheap. Obviously, like it was ten bucks or something. But then if you paid twenty five dollars, uh, it was all you could drink oh, as well. Really. Yeah. So instead for, of 
like, like how long could the you afternoon oh like it and that was yeah <laughs> we so got it we we went up there my and my two buddies and i we got our regular serving of food like i'm talking pretty minimal like having a nice a brunch type thing and then it was this early in the day. It was like 10, 11 yeah. o'clock noon. No one else there was really taking advantage of the bar situation at this point. So the bar, t- you normally had to go up to the bar, ask the guy to make you whatever mm-hmm. you like. He was like serving us personally at our table for, for several hours. And then uh, after that, we're like, you know what? What are we going to do? We were planning on going to Top Golf that day. But after a few rounds of yeah. um, drinks, we're like, maybe that's not such a good idea. Instead, we went and rode the roller coaster <laughs> at New York, New York. After gorging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I did bomb too or what? What's that? Like, what are you, were you having like doubles, triples? Or oh, what? oh, as much as the guy would give us. He was very generous because he's like, it's all you can drink. I don't care. Yeah. And they don't care about that. No. But and we, we were very generous with our tips as well, which yeah, uh, that's always the, helps. That's the main thing. Take care of your server. That's right. Take care of your server. You know, I, we, it was about, what, two months ago we were talking about Bonanza or Ponderosa in town here. Well, they were everywhere. Yeah. But uh, there's not a lot of, <laughs> I don't know if there are any left. I think someone, didn't someone text in and said, yeah, Bonanza's, there's, there's one, one left. like Stoon or something? One in Saskatoon, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we were talking about that for a good 20 minutes about the fact that, again, getting back to the like the salad portion that you'd go up and, and the, the, the salad bar at Bonanza was amazing. But uh, that's way before your time. What's here. like, if you're going to a salad bar, Kev, like, because you can pretty much get whatever, like you can, you can fabricate whatever type of salad you'd like. They've got all the Going fixings. for the Caesar salad yeah. probably, but the, the bigger one, I would always get a good, a good healthy portion of cottage cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And with some black olives. Oh, my God. That's literally a bit from an episode of The Office where they're like, Michael, isn't it a little early to be eating ice cream? He's like, we didn't have any ice cream. It's cottage cheese and olives. And then there's like, you know what? I mean, depending on the, the, when you have the Caesar salad, it obviously has to be, you have to put the dressing on. Yeah. Otherwise, it gets soggy if it's sitting there under the... I remember there was a guy that used to play for the Alberta Golden Bears. He played in Prince Albert in the 90s. His name was Mike McGann. Really funny guy. And they were uh, at a buffet. Uh, the team was at a buffet. And he all would, at every buffet he would go to, he would switch the ladles from the, from the blue cheese in the ranch. <laughs> so people would go and think that they were getting the ranch, but it was actually yeah. blue cheese. So he always, he did that all the time. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's or the story, the stories, these are long stories. Go back to like his rookie season, Ovechkin yeah. at the team, uh, team meal lines. He'd cross the sauces, as they'd say. He'd use the same spoon to go into the white sauce yeah. and into the red sauce for the pasta. Yeah. And then just make a mess for everybody coming after uh, him know, in line. You know, guys, like again, we, we'll, we were talking about uh, the uh, practical jokes of the hot feet and <laughs> uh, and uh, even at, with Grant Fuhr about the, the... President Ford. President Ford, yeah. Thinking uh, about, what did he say? They put that, crack the eggs on the shoe. Crack the, the egg on the shoe, yeah. <laughs> uh, cottage cheese and peaches, Husk says. I don't know. Cottage cheese does not do it for me. Like the best. I, sour cream, I will eat right out of the tub with a spoon. Yeah. But cottage cheese, pass. No, thank you. Um, just wanted to mention too, at noon is the uh, news conference in London, Ontario. Uh, just a question came in. Uh, will uh, 1440 be broadcasting the London, Ontario police press conference today at noon? If not, any idea where to find the broadcast? Well, it's going to be everywhere. Um 
it will be you can flick on a channel it's going to be it'll on be there. on and i i yeah. don't th- i mean that's up to low tide and declan obviously that's their during yeah. their show uh, i don't know if they'll be broadcasting it live or straight but i'm sure they'll be providing updates and maybe grabbing some clips from it as uh as it unfolds mm-hmm. and is it pertinent yeah. but uh, yeah that'll that'll be up to lt and uh, and deck on whether they want to stream it straight across You're saying I mean, that it'll be april 30th is when things will re- get reconvening yeah. court yeah this is going to be one of the biggest stories moving forward. Um, I mean, I said it, uh, you probably don't remember, but there was an old guy named Colin Thatcher. There was a murder trial in Saskatchewan in the mm. um, 80s, late 80s or 90s. And uh, that was the biggest trial, basically, that you would think of in Canadian. In Canada. In Canada, in the history. <laughs> and uh, then we got OJ. Yeah, and then, but this one's going to top the Thatcher one, I think, yeah. so. Uh, thanks to all our guests that came on today. Stephen Ellis, The Daily Faceoff. John Michael Lyles, former NHLer, Colorado Avalanche uh, analyst. And uh, Mark Spector, Scott Billick. And Soren Petro from the program. And, of course, our co-host every Monday, Lori Ann Munzer, the former Olympic gold medalist. Tomorrow we've got Grant Fear coming on again as our Tuesday co-host. We'll also have Kelly McCrimmon will join us, a GM of the Vegas Golden Knights as the Oilers get things rolling tomorrow uh, getting back trying to win number 17 in a row coming up top of the hour it'll be Fantasy Frenzy with the former Rush Up T-Bird someone's gonna say it here Connor Halley ah there and uh, the Duke of Dalburn Brandon Douglas and then at uh, 12 o'clock it'll be the Lowdown with Alan Mitchell and then at uh, 2 o'clock till 6 Jason Greger back in the saddle uh, on the drive home show on Sports 1440 top of the hour it is Fantasy Frenzy before that time now for a Sports 1440 update thanks so much for all of you uh, listening today and taking part in the show sending in all the great texts that we had as well we will see you back here tomorrow uh, time now for a Sports 1440 update with the lovely and talented Donovan the intro the intern have a great day everybody see you tomorrow